In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, Cinda is a nonprofit organization in Europe, and if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, go to www.cinda.org. But we just don't only bring you thought leaders from around the world, we also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what the show is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as art artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations, to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry because we're all over the net. We're on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. And if you'd like to contact me, contact me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and tell me what you'd like to hear on this series, okay? I'm always welcoming new ideas for speakers and for subjects for us to explore. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. It's kind of a, a really cool subject we're going to talk about today, and I was quite excited to to get this guest on and talk about it, networks, okay? I mean, networks are considered one of the most critical resources in organizations, governments, social cultural structures, and they're all around us, whether aware, aware of them or not. They are created to provide a means to satisfy an objective or a need to diffuse information. Networks allow allow people to develop relationships with others with whom they may not otherwise be able to connect. Networks can provide support systems for those in them. In the business world, networks can boost business productivity and help companies and leaders reach their objectives. But how can we become more aware of the networks around us and how can we better use them. Our guest today is an expert that not only understands the dynamics of networks, but can help us better understand how we can better use them. David Ehrlichman is the co-founder and coordinator of Converge, a network of system strategists, designers, facilitators, educators, and evaluators committed to creating positive impact. Converge practitioners have helped develop over 50 impact networks across the United States and the world, acting on issues as diverse as economic mobility, human rights, access to science, and healthcare reform. He is the author of Impact Networks, Create Connection, Spark Collaboration, and Catalyze System Systemic Change. And he's a producer of a documentary that, as a matter of fact, is airing today on his website and it's called impact networks creating change in a complex world and you can tune in to his website and listen to that today on converge net so david welcome to the show hi thank you so much great to be here yeah, so I just, um, you know, when reading your bio, you talked about, um, you know, you and your colleagues have helped develop over 50 impact networks, you know, across the U.S. and the world, um, and then you wrote a book. I mean, how did you get into this? I mean, what made you really want to start to, to, to kind of study and, and analyze networks? Yeah, of course. Happy to share a bit about my story and background. I 
a number of years ago, maybe 15 years, I was working at a nonprofit organization. You know, I knew I wanted to work for purpose, for some kind of impact. And uh, so I was working at this nonprofit organization that was doing really great work. They helped men and women without shelter to get trained and find jobs in the food industry. And really changing the lives of these individuals, but I recognize that they were working in this massive broken system where there are you know, just endless streams of, of men and women without adequate shelter. And you know, they're really addressing uh, the symptoms as opposed to getting to the root causes of this big complex issue. So I started to get really curious about how we could create an impact, not just for individuals, but also at the systemic level for entire mm -hmm. populations, uh, getting to the root causes of these issues. And so that led me to uh, Monitor Institute, which is the social sector wing of a, a consulting firm. And uh, there I discovered the, the power of, of networks to, to bring multiple organizations together to address and tackle issues that are bigger than anyone can solve on their own. I learned of organizations that were scaling their impact not by growing a bigger and bigger organization, but by scaling out through their connections, you know, through collaborations with others, partnering with other organizations who also cared about that central issue, really drastically expanding their reach as a result. And there were also uh, staffed networks. I learned of you know, uh, groups like REAMP, which is a network of over 140 different organizations working together across nine Midwestern states in the United States to reduce carbon emissions by 80% by the year 2050. And they've had really tremendous success. They've shut down over 150 coal plants. They've stopped all new coal plants from being built. They've been instrumental in passing energy efficiency policies and transportation efficiency policies. And it's through the power of the collective work, the collective voice of these many different groups coming together, finding ways that they can work together to have a greater impact together than they could alone. So this was really the light bulb moment for me. I, I saw that it was possible to work not just for an individual organization, but across organizations and across sectors. Uh, and there I started to work in Fresno, California as a network coordinator for a Fresno New Leadership Network. It was a collaboration of 48 different organizations and those the leaders from those organizations who were working together to find opportunities to revitalize their city. Uh, later, I, I worked in the Santa Cruz Mountains region, which was the Santa Cruz Mountain Stewardship Network, which is an effort to uh, steward and conserve half a million acres of land south of San Francisco, west of San Jose in California. And there, a, a network and a collaborative approach is really necessary because you know, these giant landscapes are wherever we are. They're they're owned and managed by many different groups, by government agencies, by nonprofit organizations, academic institutions, private individuals, timber companies, and tribal groups, and. And our job was to create spaces and the opportunities for the leaders of these different groups and or communities and organizations to come together to figure out where they agreed, you know, what values they shared, where they disagreed and dig into that conflict, uh, find opportunities to support each other's existing work, coordinate their, their existing activities, and then to bring their different perspectives combine them together to look at the whole system, the big picture, and, and find opportunities where they could collectively create an impact that would affect all of their work and, and the land as a whole. And just one example there is you know, creating a, a massive vegetation map of the entire region to reduce the risk of catastrophic wildfire, which affects all of their work and which they all care about. So a long story short, that through that, I co-founded Converge in 2013 as a, a, a network of people who support impact networks. And uh, through the last eight years since then, I've had the opportunity to work with over 50 different networks and see the, the patterns across them, uh, that uh, they're, they're very different in their, their focus and, and the people involved and their scopes. But there's actually so much that's similar in terms of mm -hmm how they begin and the leadership that's required and the steps that they take to form. And so I 
packaged all that up, those learnings in this book, Impact Networks, along with interviews with over 40 different network leaders from around the world uh, and resources from across different fields. And that brings us to today. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing that resonated with me when you talked about when you started with this nonprofit and, and they were kind of just fixing the problem instead of looking at it from a systemic point of view. I, I think that's so important. I'd like to dig into that a little bit later, um, you know, how we can look at things from more of a systemic point of view um, to, to recognize networks. But before we do that, I'd like to ask you, I mean, we're, we're today and, you know, we're in 2022 today. Okay? Um, and obviously, you know, our technology is different. Everything's different. I mean, how, how has this technology impacted us and impacted networks over the last few years? And are they quite are networks different? Do they function different than, or are they different than they were for 20 years or 25 years? Sure. Yeah. Of course, we are. In some ways, it seems like we're never been more divided, especially in the United States uh, where mm -hmm. I live. But. Uh, but in other ways, we're more connected than we've ever been. Uh, because of the technologies we have, we can communicate with one another. You and I are talking across continents yeah. right now. Uh, we, we can work asynchronously better than we ever have before. There are, there are opportunities to connect with one another, to find people who share interests and form relationships with them. And so we have the tools to be more connected than we ever have before. Uh, but the vast majority of the, the social networks that form organically and, and that exist on the internet, they, they only go so far. They're mostly focused on connection. Uh, the thing is we can actually deliberately form and create networks to, to do so much more, not just to build connection, but also to, to generate learning, to, to share information, to share resources, and to take collective action. And that's what differentiates an impact network from a social network. Okay, so you know when I think of social networks, I mean when you said we have the tools out there, I kind of I kind of think of them as almost like superficial in a sense. You know, um, you're right; it's just connected. You know, just connecting, and um, and and we may have a lot of them out there, but you know, what are they really used for? And and that's what I'd like to get into um, when we come. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'd really like to understand the different kinds of networks because you, you're talking in your book about learning networks, action networks, movement networks. And um, I've never thought of networks in that, in that way. And so I'd like to explore that uh, when we come back, we're going to take a short break, David, and um, we're going to explore into that subject. And for our listeners, we are speaking with David Ehrlichman, and he is the co-founder and coordinator of Converge, a network of systems strategists, designers, facilitators, educators, and evaluators committed to creating positive impact. He's also the author of Impact Networks, Creative Connection, Spark Collaboration, and Catalyze Systemic Change. And he's the producer of a documentary that is, a matter of fact, airing today. Um, and you can see it on the website, converge.net. And the documentary is Impact Networks, Creating Change in the Complex World. Now, if you'd reach, like to reach out to David, of course, over the converge.net website. And then he's also on LinkedIn under David Ehrlichman and on Twitter under D. Ehrlichman. And on Twitter also is Converge for Impact, Facebook under David Ehrlichman, and on Instagram under David Ehrlichman. So reach out to him, but take a look at that documentary today. Um, the book is fantastic, and uh, I can't wait to look at that documentary today, David. So um, this show is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers, focus on digital. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And each month, Cinda also has a learning series that is is at 1700 Central European time. So tune in every Thursday to hear what they have to say. And with that, we're going to take a short break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about a subject that I think is just really cool, networks, okay? And um, they're all around us, but you really don't think about them. And we're talking with David Ehrlichman, and he's a co-founder and coordinator of Converge, a network of system strategists, designers, facilitators, educators, and evaluators committed to co-creating positive impact. Um, and they have helped develop over 50 impact networks across the United States and the world, serving on many, many issues. So, so David, we're before before we took the break, we were kind of talking about, you know, I asked about, you know, the technology and how things have changed and we have the tools today. And you kind of said, yeah, we have the tools. It connects us a lot, but they may not always be impact networks. Um can, can you talk to us, what is an impact network and what are some of the different kinds of impact networks that are out there? I think it would be helpful to start with what is a network? A yeah. network is simply a web of relationships connecting people or things. So there are many different kinds of networks. There are the networks of neurons in our brains. There are the networks of routers and cables that make up the physical infrastructure of the internet. If you walk in a forest, there are the fungal networks, the mycelial networks beneath your feet that connect trees and plants together to share resources and nutrients and minerals. Social networks, of course, we're all aware of. Social networks are when we are connected with, with other people, whether that's you know, through the internet or it's in person, through the different places that we work and the places that we meet. Social networks tend to form organically as you become introduced to new people. But what many people don't realize is that networks can be deliberately organized to do so much more uh, and, and to go to much kind of deeper levels and to be much more intentional and purposeful than, than they typically are. So when, when networks connect individuals and organizations for learning and collaborative action for a shared purpose, that's what defines an impact network. That purpose piece is really important. It's people coming together for a specific purpose and then deliberately creating the connections among them, supporting the flow of information, sharing resources, and potentially finding ways to work together on behalf of that shared purpose. And they can do that at different levels. There are different types of networks. You mentioned them. One is learning networks. So that's when people not only connect with one another, but also uh, facilitate the flow of learning, of sharing information, resource information is flowing into the network, out of the network, across the network, people are sharing resources, all 
in service of the shared purpose. Just one example of a learning network is called the IMPT.org, the Initiative for Multipurpose Prevention Technologies. These are technologies for women that prevent STDs and also contraception. And there are efforts all around the globe to develop these products. It's an innovative class of products that aren't yet available. So there are efforts all around the globe and this network connects the many different researchers and organizations who are pursuing these class of products so they can learn from one another, they can share resources, they can they can share uh, their, their various efforts and together they are uh, rapidly progressing the development of these different products much faster than they could alone because they're mm -hmm. combining their different learnings. That's a learning network. They're not specifically collaborating with one another, but through sharing information, they're supporting each other's work on behalf of this common issue. An action network takes that next step. And it's not only connection, not only learning, sharing information, but also deliberately organizing in a consistent way to take collective action. So REAMP that I mentioned earlier, 150 or 140 organizations working to reduce carbon emissions across Midwestern United States, that's an action network. They are taking collective action to shut down existing coal plants, stop new coal plants from being built, passing energy efficiency policies, and so on. Action networks have a bit more structure than learning networks because we're deliberately organizing people into, into groups or teams to take action on specific issues and they're generating uh, they're they're moving forward their work. They're bringing that back to the the collective. They're figuring out how they should adjust and so on. So those are action networks, and then movement networks are uh, what we see in many social movements. It's actually the structure behind many of the most successful social movements in the world. There's a book by Leslie Crutchfield called How Changed Happens, and and she talked about that. Uh, the most successful movements, social movements that she studied uh, over the past 40 years have had a network structure that they were decentralized. There's not any single leader, but there are uh, multiple leaders, multiple different groups connected together on behalf of a common issue. So we see movement networks, the structure of movement networks are really kind of networks of networks. You can mm -hmm. think of it that way. Another way to think about it is, you know, movements often have local chapters who are doing work locally and they're relatively autonomous to take actions, what makes sense locally, but they're collectively connected together. These different local chapters are connected together as part of a broader movement that has a shared aim. So those are the three different types of of impact networks: learning networks, action networks, and movement networks. So, so if I'm gonna, if I'm looking at these kind of impact networks, and you you said, um, I think you said in the movement there may not be one leader. Um, you know, the the networks are about relationships. Okay, so so the dynamics behind them. I mean, is there leadership in a network, or is there not leadership in the network? I mean, how do you define? the the shape of that network and and there has to be some kind of something behind it or someone behind it that drives a direction how how, how does that work or does it work differently in the different kinds of networks learning or action or movement it's it's a great question that many people assume that networks just happen that they self-organize spontaneously uh, and while that can happen it's actually extremely rare and and spontaneous self-organization usually only goes so far uh, the truth is that leadership always matters it's just a different form of leadership than the one we see in hierarchical environments mm -hmm. rather than defining rigid structures and rules network leaders they nurture a culture of reciprocity it's, instead of command and control they seek to connect and collaborate Importantly, they're not there to tell people what to do. They're not directing exactly what the network is doing, but they are creating the spaces and the opportunities to foster self-organization and to support people to discover what they can and want to do together. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is network leaders so often make the difference, but because they're usually so humble and so quick to share the credit, we rarely ever know who they are. Yeah, and and so that, I mean, that, 
that takes a, a certain kind of, of leadership. I mean, a certain kind of person to do this. And, and I mean, it takes a lot of trust. So, I mean, to me, then in these networks, trust has to be a basis someplace in there. How do you cultivate that trust within a network? You're right. And this is really what allows impact networks to achieve the the outcomes that they're seeking in, in a way that's, that's really different than the social networks we were talking about before that are often pretty surface level. We, they're very weak ties uh, between people. We barely even know who each other is perhaps, but when we're actually trying to address a complex issue together, we need to form relationships. We need we need trust, and that that means taking the time to understand what each other cares about and needs, uh, to to build deep human connection, so that we can have the honest conversations that are necessary. You can think of impact networks sort of as a combination of a community and an organization. So, in the organization side of it, you know they are they're focused, they're strategic, they have a specific aim and purpose. There's there's some structure to it. But on the community side, that's where you know, folks are, they're building relationships, they're having conversations, they're they're finding where they agree and where they disagree. You know, we, we build trust, not so that we like or agree with one another, actually, but, but so that we can hold the tension through the inevitable disagreements and conflicts mm-hmm. that we'll face. And so that we can hang in there long enough until we can find a slice of common ground that we can work towards, or at least have a greater understanding of each other's perspectives. Mm-hmm. And and people who are part of networks, and and um, I want to talk later about organizations and the hierarchical situations. But you know, the people who are in these networks, um, do they necessarily have a different kind of mindset when it comes to leadership or collaboration? I mean, is there a network mindset that that draws people into this kind of collaboration? Mm-hmm. The really what the network mindset is about is recognizing that we are all interconnected, that that we exist not as you know, isolated individuals, but as part of this this interconnected, vibrant system. Uh, for take one example, most organizations tend to see themselves and, and operate like they are the center of the universe. And for a number of reasons, there are a lot of pressures on organizations to sustain you know, their own work. And and they're very focused on, on doing what they do. Uh, but but the important shift is to recognize that they are we are part of these larger interconnected systems of many different actors and organizations. You know, we are one star uh, in a huge and diverse constellation, not the sun at the center of a solar system. So the shift is rather than putting yourself always at the center of, of your focus, put the shared purpose at the center of your focus and then recognize there are many, many other individuals and groups who also care about that similar purpose. And and to build a network is to work the strength and the connections and flows of information between different people and organizations who also care about that shared purpose uh, so that they can share information, they can learn from one another, they can take action together on behalf of that shared purpose. So we are one part of this larger interconnected system and shifting that focus from me to we, from the individual to the collective is, is what it means to, to embrace the network mindset shift. Mm-hmm. And and that uh, that's that's difficult to do though, David. I mean, um, you know how how when is it? It doesn't sound that easy. I mean, to to start to build new networks. I mean, you have to have some kind of initiator with a purpose, and um, it sounds like a complex process. Uh, and you've done this. You've you've helped supported over fifty networks across the world. Um, how complex is it to do this? It it is complex on the surface, but actually, if we drill down, it's it, it gets to quite simple aspects and kind of fundamental aspects of what it means to to be a human, which is to be in connection to work with one another, to to work relationally through networks. You know, we we've always uh, engaged in networks. We've always formed networks. So we people have always worked in community with others to solve challenges that we can't solve on our own. And so in many ways, I'm actually talking about a return to the ways that humans have naturally connected with Mm. with one another for as long as we've been around in community, in relationship. 
I'm sort of calling for an unlearning of the top-down command and control model that's been imposed on so much of the world. Uh, we we naturally want to connect with one another and 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 build relationships and find things that we collectively care about. And that's uh, it's starting there, starting with the relationships and the conversations and and the shared interests and the shared purposes, and then building structures around that that support our ability to share information and take action together, rather than starting with you know a predetermined aim and and a, a rigid structure that we have to fit ourselves into. So uh, it's it's challenging because you know people are very complex and you know, have different interests and. Uh, there's often conflict, uh, but on the other hand, it's it's really just about how do we build community with one another and find you know, common interests that we have, and then uh, and then begin to work together on behalf of those aims. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm thinking I, I'm thinking um, when you talk about common interests, and there's been a couple, uh, you know, a couple of situations in the last. Um, uh, you know, 30 years um, where people have really come together. Um, and I think I'm going, I'm going back to, um, you know, the, the, I live in Germany, you know, the, uh, the Berlin wall coming down. And then of course we had the, you know, the, um, trade center, and then now we have the pandemic. Do you think what that, when, we face these challenges, okay? And these are these are these are human and social challenges that that networks thrive a little bit more, people come together more. Um, you know, I, I'm just thinking about what came out of some of these incidents. Is go ahead. <laughs> some, sometimes we do need a, a spark or a catalyst to kind of shift us out of our current way of, of working and being and uh, shift us into a, a new way of relating with one another or uh, to see the that we have to come together. Um, in, other, in other cases, the, the catalyst might be an individual or an organization who, who sees the need for greater collaboration and coordination across the system. Uh, and, and in many cases, that's how these networks form. It's, it's someone or some group who is working on an issue and, and sees the need for greater connectivity. Uh, and, and they then bring people together for the first time to have the conversations they, they need to have and to, and to recognize that we need to you know, more consistently find opportunities to connect, learn, and, and take action together. And that's, that role is an important leadership role that we call the, the role of the network catalyst. So it's mm-hmm. the person who brings folks together. Importantly, we need to move beyond that role so that the network is not entirely dependent on that individual or that organization, uh, because otherwise, you know, if they were to leave or become unavailable, then the network falls apart. So we have to evolve beyond that to create connections that aren't dependent on just that single person. But often that's a, that's a very important role of the catalyst to bring people together in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can see that in, in also in leadership roles. And I, I want to, you know, the, when I'm thinking and we're talking about these, I'm thinking about all the, the different kinds of networks and support systems that we have around the world. And we haven't really been talking too much about the organization. And and we're going to take a short break. And I'd like I'd like to come back and talk about, you know, really the organization, business organization, you know, um, that, as you said, is a little bit more hierarchical and and very often leaders don't look at the systemic view of the organization and and what we have to do to try to to try to maybe do business differently and use networks differently. So I'd like to hear a little bit about that when we come back. And for our listeners, we are speaking with David Ehrlichman. He is the co-founder and coordinator of Converge, a network of system strategists, designers, facilitators, educators, and evaluators committed to creating positive impact. Um, He is the author of Impact Networks, Create, Connect, Spark Collaboration, and Catalyze Systemic Change as a great book. Um, I urge you to get it. And he is also the producer of a short documentary that airs today 
on his website, which is converge.net. And the documentary is Impact Networks, Creating Change in a Complex World. And it features interviews with six acclaimed network leaders from around the world. So take a look at that. And if you'd like to reach out to David, you can reach out to him on LinkedIn under David Ehrlichman and under D. Ehrlichman on Twitter, on Converge for Impact on Twitter, on Facebook under David Ehrlichman, and on Instagram under D um, underscore Ehrlichman. And this series is also being brought to you by Cinda. Cinda is a nonprofit association, and they hold trainings, conferences, do market research, legislative white papers on digital in Europe. And they also will be holding a conference in May from May 16th to 18th in Mallorca, Spain. So please go to Cinda under www.cinda.org and take a look at what they have to offer. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about networks. Um, I think this subject is just a really interesting subject because networks are all around us and sometimes we see them, sometimes we don't know they're there. And we're talking with an expert. And David Ehrlichman is the co-founder and coordinator of Converge. And Converge is a network of system strategists, designers, facilitators, educators, and evaluators committed to creating a positive impact. And Converge's practitioners have helped develop over 50 impact networks across the United States and the world, acting on issues such as diverse economy, economic mobility, human rights, access to science, and healthcare. And so, David, you know, we've been talking about the different kind of networks and and leadership behind networks. Um, and, and we haven't really talked about the organization. And I want to I want to go into the business sense of networks. Okay. We have organizations, we have companies, okay. And very, very seldom, or the companies I've worked with, uh, very seldom take a systemic look at things. Um, and they're, you know, they're not, they don't change, you know, it's very hard to move companies. So, you know, what is this mentality they have? And, and, why does it make it so difficult for them to to really take a, a systemic look? Yeah, well, one thing I want to start with is that all organizations, including hierarchical organizations, of course, all organizations contain organic and informal networks that connect mm-hmm. people and departments together. Uh, there's a book called The Hidden Power of Social Networks, which I found that it's a quote I love. And networks, these networks are intricately intertwined with an organization's performance, the way it develops and executes strategy and its ability to innovate. So these well-managed network connectivity within organizations is also critical to performance and learning and innovation. It's really important to, to have strong connections and flows of information between different departments, between different sites. If 
if an organization works across different regions, uh, across the different silos of the organization. Uh, at, but I, uh, at the same time, uh, I also don't want to, I want to make sure that I'm not painting hierarchies as being inherently bad or worse than networks, because mm. they're not. Hierarchies are really good at what they do best. They have an amazing ability to accomplish specific and well-defined goals and produce goods and services. And there's a reason that we uh, use a hierarchical model in so many different cases. Uh, and, uh, and hierarchies, of course, and networks actually intersect in a lot of ways. Um, in fact, some hierarchical organizations have created networks to work alongside the existing hierarchy to connect people across the organization in ways that the hierarchy can't. John Cotter called this a dual operating system. You have your existing hierarchy that does what it does really well, and then you can build a network alongside it that, that addresses issues that the existing hierarchy cannot. So this was the case in uh, Google with the Google Food Lab, which we've worked with, which brought employees and outside experts together to address big food systems issues. Uh, they they're connecting uh, folks from across the, the Google uh, organization from different sites and, and, and regions. They are uh, bringing in outside experts to address issues that the existing hierarchy is not well suited for. Uh, it's also the case at the uh, UCSF health system, uh, which I uh, worked uh, to help bring a network that connected its 10 different sites and 12 different health disciplines. It's a massive system with 10 sites and 12 health disciplines that came together, built, uh, created a stronger network, stronger connections, flows of information opportunities for people to work together across those different sites and health disciplines to integrate palliative care practices, a whole person care practices throughout the hospital system. Now, that said, when it comes to addressing really big systemic issues, there's not ever going to be a single hierarchy that can manage all that complexity because it mm. requires engagement from multiple organizations or multiple actors and communities. Hierarchies are really good at solving technical challenges, but when it comes to the, the open and collaborative and emergent type of work that we need to do across divides and to address these really sticky complex issues, the top-down pyramid model just isn't going to cut it. Uh, instead, we need an, a new enabling infrastructure for collaboration, and, and that's what these net, net impact networks can provide. Mm -hmm. And and how do how do these networks? I mean, we we do know. I mean, I think all of us know about the networks and organizations. You know, the social networks. But how how do these these networks collaborate? You know, next to kind of a hierarchical organization, or you know, how how do they work together with a hierarchical court, um, situation? Hmm. Well, the hierarchy can can keep doing what it does really well. The hierarchy is the existing structure doesn't need to change. It's just about uh, seeing an opportunity to, to create stronger network, stronger connections, stronger flows of information uh, alongside the existing hierarchy. So if, if for example, the organization can, can keep doing what it does, uh, but if there's another issue, uh, in particular you know, a social issue that folks from across the organization might care about, that employee that might really engage employees, uh, we can bring them together regardless of their role, regardless of their title, regardless of their region or place in the organization. We can bring them together uh, in, in a different way uh, to, to work together in, in ways that doesn't align with the existing org chart, uh, but they're forming new relationships. They're, they're creating new channels of, of information. Maybe they're engaging with people outside the walls of the organization uh, to do something that the existing hierarchy is, is not set up to do or that the existing organization is not particularly as focused on, but it's a, it's a related issue that, that folks in the organization also care about. Mm -hmm. And do do you think in in these in organizations when they're when they're coexisting this networking and the you know hierarchical situation, um, how much space does leadership have to give uh, to to make this work? Okay, I'm coming back to the question of leadership again. I think the roles of, of leaders in this case is to uh, create the opportunities uh, for people to come together to. To build relationships, to have the conversations they need to have, they create. They can often, you know, create. Or they can offer the space. They might offer food. Uh, maybe they'll provide some some resources for facilitation uh, to to bring these two groups together. Importantly, though, the leaders in this case 
they they should not kind of predetermine the outcomes of the network or the collaboration. Mm. Uh, you know, locking in specific uh, milestones or outcomes that they they want to see, uh, because that means that they're they're holding all the control, and that really limits what is possible when people discover come together to discover what they can do together. Uh, it's it's important to to create the conditions so that people can can connect and learn and collaborate and so that they can discover what they can and want to do together on behalf of, of their shared purpose. And they will then, uh, the, the people who, who are brought together will identify the goals and the outcomes that they have for each other. Mm-hmm. That is going to uh, unlock so much of the potential uh, of these types of networks. When we, when we hold on to control too tightly, it really limits what's possible. Mm-hmm. And, and that brings me to a question on just uh, not just organizational networks or, or uh, all networks. I mean, are there certain things that you see in networks that really make them thrive? Okay, Because we know some networks, you know, uh, just they exist for a while. They may disappear. Some really thrive. I mean, are there any kind of dynamics or or key leadership attributes or attributes in the network that you say, I've looked at all these networks and I know when I see these attributes, then the network will thrive. There's really five core activities that show up time and time again. There's clarifying purpose and principles, which is why does the network exist? You know, what is the, the purpose that brings people together? Uh, and and the principles piece of it is what are the, the values we hold and how are we going to actually put those values to practice? How are we going to hold ourselves and each other accountable to those values? So principles surround the purpose. They create guidelines for how uh, the participants in the network will make decisions together and work together. That's the first uh, core activity is clarifying purpose and principles. The second is convening the people. So creating opportunities for people to become connected, whether it's virtually or in person or individually or all at once in larger meetings and convenings that bring the whole network together. The third ingredient is cultivating trust, which we spoke about before. Mm -hmm. The fourth ingredient is coordinating actions. So that is identifying the things that are already happening. What are the actions and activities that people are already taking? How can we better coordinate those efforts, connect them together so that there's not unnecessary duplication so that they are mutually reinforcing so that they're learning from one another. And how can people partner together in in small ways to support each other's existing work? The fifth ingredient then is collaborating for systems change. And that's in addition to coordinating the things that we're already doing, we can also collaborate in new ways to create change at the systemic level, to create change at the large scale. And that requires making collective sense of what's happening from many different perspectives. People are going to have their piece of the puzzle, bringing those different puzzle pieces together to see the big picture, to take action on places where you know, collective effort will, will have a positive shift throughout the entire system and create big changes. Uh, and that was in the case of the Santa Cruz Mountain Stewardship Network, which I talked about before. One of the key leverage points was creating a, a vegetation map or bringing all their different data together uh, that understood the, the threats and, and opportunities to reduce the risk of catastrophic wildfire, which affected all of them, of course. So those are the five activities, clarifying purpose and principles, convening the people, cultivating trust, coordinating actions, and then collaborating for systems change. And then uh, just two more kind of things that, that all uh, successful impact networks have. One is network leadership, which we spoke mm-hmm. about before. Leadership right. really uh, does matter, uh, just a different type of leadership. And the second is some degree of structure. Uh, but the key here is that networks only need a, a minimum viable structure, just enough to provide support, like a trellis in a garden. It's not a trellis in a garden isn't directing how the plants are growing, but it's providing scaffolding so the plants can can grow in healthier ways. So just enough structure to provide support, but not too much to stifle that emergence and creativity. And that that enabling infrastructure might include mechanisms for forming teams, online communication platforms, processes for making collective decisions, participation agreements, practices for distributing resources, things like that. 
Yeah. Well, I, I think that I think that kind of sums it all up. You know, um, it, it's really you know it's really great. Kind of sums up everything we've been talking about with these five, you know, these these five attributes that you see in 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 successful networks and also leadership and structure. Um, so it kind of brings it all together for me, David, and, uh, this is a really great conversation. And I guess if you had one tip to our listeners, our leaders out there, um, and the individuals out there, one tip on, uh, on networks, what would that be? Before I leave you, I just to want to double down on a point that we've made earlier, which is it's all about relationships. Mm -hmm. It's what makes it all work. Networks are webs of relationships, connecting people are things fundamentally. So, Networks are really only as strong as the connections that tie them together. And if at any point you feel unsure about how to proceed, I'd say invest in re relationships, ROR, return on relationships. <laughs> That's really what uh, weaves these threads that tie us together. And it's how these fragmented systems can become much more creative and adaptive and, and interconnected. No. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Well, thank you. Great last words, and um, it's been it's been really wonderful. And for our listeners, we've been uh, talking to David Ehrlichman, and he's the co-founder and coordinator of Converge, a network of system strategies, designers, facilitators, educators, evaluators committed to creating positive impact. Converge practitioners have held uh, helped over 50 impact networks across the United States and the world, acting on issues from economic mobility to human rights, to access to science, to healthcare. And David is also the author of Impact Networks, Create Connection, Spark Collaboration, and Catalyze Systemic Change. Great book um, available on Amazon. And he's also the producer of the documentary Impact Networks, Creating Change in a Complex World. And that documentary is airing today. So go to his website on www.converge.net and take a look at that under film. And if you'd like to reach out to David, you can reach out to him on LinkedIn under David Ehrlichman and on Twitter under D underscore Ehrlichman on Twitter under Converge for Impact, on Facebook under David Ehrlichman, and on Instagram, D underscore Ehrlichman. And to spell the last name, it's E-H-R-L-I-C-H-M-A-N. Okay. Um, so reach out to David. And hey, he's all over the web. And this series has also been brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. Please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And Cinda also has online learning every Thursday at 1700 Central Europe and they have their next conference May 16th to 18th in Mallorca, Spain and you can also use Cinda's e-learning platform in cooperation with Boss Capital for startups to learn how to do better product launches and help startups and with that thank you very much for listening today and tune in again next week thank you David Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.